Welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Normal Podcast. Um, you know, one second, my phone just went off. I got... Dang. Don't see here. Alright, let's try that intro again. Welcome to welcome back to another episode of the Not Your Normal Podcast. Um, I'm solo again, so that means a quick episode. Hopefully... This weekend we hit, you know, we hit the road and we go somewhere and we get some nice, interesting content, nice podcast episode for you, uh, lovely listeners. I'd like to first off by uh, I'd like to first off say thank you to everyone who has uh, bought the uh, bought some of the merch. In all honesty, I did not expect um, it to turn out like this. This is my first time doing this many different items of clothing. Uh, for one drop normally it's you know like one type of t-shirt with you know a couple different color variations and some shorts or something like that like over the summer I had the um at the t-shirt some shorts and the bucket hat and the bucket hat primarily came in white with a couple different color fonts but nothing too out of the ordinary on this drop specifically there's three pairs of sweatpants three different types of sweaters hoodies like there's some good choices in there so it was my first time ever doing that so um it was a little nerve-wracking for me to to sort of step out and push the boundaries on how much i've uh, how much i was going to release so but uh yeah i just want to say thank you to everyone who's been buying it and supporting it i appreciate that more than you know uh in all honesty we're doing pretty you know I'm doing pretty well the brown the the brown sweater and the black sweater are already sold out and the pink on pink hoodie is already like gone out of stock. So it only leaves two hoodies and all of the sweatpants left that are available to purchase, but that's still well enough. And, um, I think I have some extras. I'll know after I send out tomorrow, the, um, the last, like, um, well, the next like round of shipments I have like from orders and stuff, but I think I have some extras that I just didn't account for. So, uh, check the website when you're listening to this episode and see if uh, anything is uh, back in stock that you wanted, maybe. But other than that, um, got to go to sports, right? It's the only, <laughs> it's the only thing that's, uh, Phil, that's the only thing I can, sorry, this is crazy. I'm in a group chat with like all the, all the, all the guys like Debbie, Cameron, Jordan, Carson, all of them. Debbie just sent in our group chat, Bill Cosby is facing another lawsuit from a woman who accused him of drugging and raping her in 1972. Damn. <laughs> That's rough. I don't mean to laugh at it. It's just funny that Bill Cosby, after all these years, you know, you find out something like that after he was like America's dad for like a century. Bro's pushing like a hundred. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um... Damian Lillard, he's on the move. He, uh, and this is like more of a, this is like a, like a touchy, not a touchy subject, but it's like a very, this subject of, uh, well, the Damian Lillard trade topic sort of resonates with me, not because like, I know what he's going through, but anything like that is just because, so we all know if you've listened to the podcast, if you know me personally, I'm a Kobe Bryant, like fat, like diehard fan. Like that is my goat. And 
I'm not saying he is the GOAT. I'm on the team LeBron as the GOAT. But personally, me, my favorite player of all time will and forever will always be Kobe Bryant. But behind that, it's Damian Lillard. And Damian Lillard was drafted in 2012 to the Portland Trailblazers with the sixth overall pick. And, you know, he spent a decade there. It's 2023. So he spent a decade there. And they saw one Western Conference Finals appearance. And they got just happened to meet the powerhouse and the Warriors in that Western Conference Finals matchup. But the way Damian Lillard plays, I, I just love I love watching Damian Lillard play. He's my favorite player in the NBA. Uh like current pl- NBA player. I love watching him play. I watch him play anytime I get a chance to. And over the past couple years now, you know, the whole, he was a free agent a couple years ago. He signed a max, you know, like a max contract extension um, because the the organization of the Trailblazers promised to get him, you know, some power behind, you know, some star power to help him win a ring in a, such a star-driven league now where every team has a dynamic duo. So, like, if you look in the West, for example, the clear ones are like the Lakers. You have LeBron and AD with great rising talent on that team as well, like in Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. You go to the defending champs, the Denver Nuggets, that powerhouse duo of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic with people like um, Aaron Gordon, also you know contributing to the team as well. Um, who else? Get the Dallas Mavericks, the, you know, the Kyrie Luka. They're, you know, they're a problem. They didn't, you know... Not last year, but I, th- I believe they will be this year. The Phoenix Suns are like a power f- fucking f- three now with Bradley Bill, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker. So, and then you move on to the East, where you got like not really a powerhouse. We got Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan with the Bulls, Jimmy Butler, and the group of dogs he has in Miami. It's such a star driven league, a talent driven league now. It's sort of hard not to win without another superstar on your team. And that's just how the, the league is is now. It's just how the, the league operates. And it's not – I don't think it, the, the blame goes to any specific team or player for that. Everyone's going to point their fingers at LeBron for joining Miami all those years ago, but that's not really, the, that's not really true anymore. I think the talent level has just r- r- rised – to the point where every team, there's so many stars or so many like talented players in the league that they're sort of spread out everywhere. That every team has that like one and two punch combo that you that you sort of need to even contend for a title. And Damian Lillard, for the better part of his career in Portland, didn't have that. You had C.J. McCollum who came along, but and I like C.J. McCollum, I really do, but he wasn't really that. He's not like a number two option. He was on that team, but he's not like, you know, like the Warriors. You have Clay and Steph. On any given night, they can give you 50. Um, LeBron AD, same thing. Jokic and Jamal Murray. All these people have these like, oh, if one's not doing that great, the other one can step up. And CJ McCollum did that, you know, here and there, but he wasn't consistent like a Clay and Steph, LeBron and AD, you know, 
Kyrie Luka, Jamal Murray, Jokic. Like, it's just not consistent. And, you know, when free agency came around a couple years ago, everyone thought Dame was going to leave. And in all honesty, I think he should have. But he trusted the organization. And he talks, you know, he's also a rapper, Dame Dalla, and I'll get to that in a second. But he has a song called Loyal to the Soil, which basically, you know, sort of, sort of proves who he is as a person. He wanted to win for Portland because Portland drafted a mid-sized guard from Weber State. It's not a giant. It's not, it's not a gigantic school. Damian Lillard was not supposed to be who he is, and they took a chance on him. So he wanted to win them a championship, but after years and years of broken promises, you know, he they lost his trust and. Over the summer, uh, in early July, he requested a trade, and he wanted to go to the Miami Heat. So, and unlike Bradley Bill, who was traded also this summer to the Phoenix Suns from the Wizards, Bradley Bill had a no-trade clause in his contract, which basically, if you don't know, a no-trade clause, in short summary, is, say you're a normal player and you request a trade. The team can trade you wherever they want. You sort of have no choice. Like, obviously, you can you can tell them where you would like to go. And, and if you're in good standing with the organization, they'll try to make it happen. But in very rare cases, does that ever happen? They just trade you where they – because the NBA is a business. Professional sports is a business. They're going to trade you to the best place where they get pieces back that can help them win whenever you're gone. And – Bradley Bill's case over the summer, he had a no trade clause and a no trade clause basically was, is Bradley Bill can demand a trade and he can say, I want to go here. And that team has to make it happen. They, if he, they wanted to trade him to the Orlando magic, a no trade clause can basically go, Oh, Bradley, we want to trade you to the magic. And he can go, absolutely not. I don't want to go there. I'm staying here. Even though he requested a trade, they can't do it because of his no trade clause unless it's somewhere he wants to go and he wanted to go to Phoenix and they made it happen because they had to because of the no trade clause Damian Lillard did not have that you know he didn't have that that fortune when it came to his trade and it's sort of a shitty thing because of and me this is how I view it personally because uh that's just me but I also understand the other half of it because it is a business Damian Lillard requested a trade, and his number one destination was the Miami Heat. He wanted to join Jimmy Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, Eric Spolster as the head coach, Pat Riley as the GM um, in Miami uh, to win a championship, basically, to join forces with Jimmy and Butler, who were just in the finals, by the way. And, you know, sort of not, I want to say call him a big three because Bam's not like Bam's a great player. He's an all-star, but he's not a superstar. Jimmy Jimmy's a weird one. I personally like Jimmy Butler and how he plays, and I love his mentality. And to me, he's a superstar, but it's sort of it's weird with Jimmy Butler. He's like one of those guys that's a Hall of Famer, but like an underrated Hall of Famer. Or like he'd go under the radar as a Hall of Famer. And um and the Miami Heat Obviously, everyone wants Damian Lillard. He's a top point guard in the league, number two point guard in the league, probably a top ten point guard of all time. 
everyone wants a Damian Lillard. If he wants to go to your team, you're going to try to make it happen. And the Heat tried to make it happen. I think they, I believe they offered him, they offered the Trailblazers multiple picks and Tyler Hero, who's a young star off that Miami Heat team. Um, and the Trailblazers kept declining and declining and declining and declining trade offers from people, which, from a business standpoint, they don't want to send Dame to a contender, which is sort of petty in my eyes because they're like, why would we send you somewhere you want to go where you can win a ring? You don't want to stay here. But on the other hand, of the petty side, or sorry, on the like disrespectful side, is that he's stuck with y'all through thick and thin. It's not totally on him that he wants to get out. Like, you guys promised him over and over again that we're going to get you help. We'll be a contender this year. And nothing ever happened. So you really can't blame the guy for requesting a trade and wanting to go to Miami. But the Trailblazers turned it down fucking damn near all summer. And yesterday, uh, Wednesday, the 27th, um, get the news that Damian Lillard has been traded, which is <laughs> which was crazy because he got traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. Now he's paired up with Giannis Antetokounmpo, which is funny to me because the whole thing was they didn't want to trade him to a contender. They ended up trading him to probably the best contender in the East. One, if, if they're not number one, they're number two behind the Boston Celtics. And it's sort of funny because they sort of traded him. And this is just me personally. This is how I think as a basketball as a basketball minded person for a pretty shit deal. I think the the Miami Heat package was better than what they got. Um, so I'm gonna break down the trade real quick. So the Trailblazers traded Damian Lillard to the Bucks. So the Bucks got Damian Lillard. It was a three-team trade uh, that included the Bucks, the Trailblazers, and the Suns. Dame is paired up with Giannis and Milwaukee, and then Portland got Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Tumani Kamara, and Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round pick, and uh, swap rights in 2028 and 2030. The Suns got Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Alley, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. Now the Suns didn't do terrible. I don't like that trade for the Suns because Yusuf Nurkic, even though he's a good center, he's always hurt. Grayson Allen, he's a you know he's a three and D guy, not a good one, but he can come off the bench and give you ten or eleven. Nasir Little and Keon Johnson, I would be lying to you if I said I knew anything about them too. Um. The Trailblazers honestly did so shit, like the picks or whatever. You never know who's gonna be <clears throat> who's gonna be in the draft in twenty twenty eight, twenty nine, and thirty. Who knows? But they got Tumani Kamara, no idea who that is. DeAndre Ayton, who to me personally is not a good center. Um, I don't think he. I just don't think he's a good center. I think he can be. I just don't personally think he's a good center. And Drew Holiday. The Drew Holiday pickup is actually a very good pickup, but the problem is they're already looking to move him, which makes sense from a business standpoint because they're they're going with the young lineup, the young guards, the just the younger team. And Drew Holiday being 34 you know, not fitting that timeline for what the Trailblazers want 
makes sense. But Drew Holiday, I think, is a good pickup if you keep him as a good locker room guy. He's a top five defender in the league. He can give you buckets uh, on a nightly basis. He can give you 15 to 20 on a nightly basis. So the fact that they're trying to move him already is sort of crazy, but it makes sense if you look at their timeline and what they're trying to do. But anyway, they wanted they didn't want to trade Damian Lillard to a contender, and they ended up trading him to the best contender and honestly probably the best fit for his style of play, which is a point a scoring point guard who has a score first mentality but is not afraid to pass the ball when need be. And it's crazy cuz now the Bucks and Giannis who kept Chris Middleton and Bobby Portis and Malik Beasley kept all of them. And Pat Connington kept the whole squad damn near minus Drew Holiday. Um just imagining the pick and roll between Damian Lillard and Giannis is going to be scary because if you really break it down, basketball mindset, Damian Lillard can shoot from anywhere and he shoots efficiently and proficiently from anywhere on the court. 40 footers, 35, three point line at 25 feet. It doesn't matter. He's efficient. Giannis is extremely efficient because all he does is not discredit, use your God-given abilities and strength and size, but Giannis is a fucking freak. He's 6'11", he can move, he can jump, he's big, he's strong. Giannis, most of his points are in, in the paint, at the rim, dunking or doing a layup, and if he's not there, they, they have to foul him. So if you run a just an imaginary pick-and-roll scenario between them two, high pick-and-roll, just do it at the logo at half-court. No, because that's not really where pick and rolls take place. Do it at the three-point line, a couple feet behind. Giannis sets a pick for Dame. If you go under, if you go under the screen, Damian Lillard has now the green light to shoot it. Better chance than not, it's going to go in. Can't take that. You can't take that risk because he'll. You can't let him get going early. Other scenario. You go over the screen. Now you let Giannis receive the ball and has a full head of steam heading straight to the basket in a one-on-one situation that's not going to work either well all right cool you bring help side ball coverage Giannis is a good enough passer he's a basketball IQ guy you have Pat Connaughton Malik Beasley Bobby Portis Chris Middleton who can all shoot the three ball extremely well kicks out to the wing you have an open man because of that drop side help coverage so in all reality, whoever played like this, the Bucks on paper should be damn near virtually unstoppable given that they stay healthy and no injuries and they mesh and whatever, all that stuff. So I'm extremely happy. I say all that to say I'm extremely happy for Damian Lillard being my favorite player in the, in the league. I think he, out of every single player in the league, deserves a chip more than anybody maybe other than Jimmy Butler. Damian Lillard deserves a championship more than anybody for what he's had to put up with in Portland. And over a decade of his career, it's just a... Yesterday was a crazy day, (laughs) to say the least. And um, overall, I'm happy. I like Giannis. I'm not a Bucks fan by any means, but I do like Giannis. Love Damian Lillard. 
and I love the possibility of what they could be as a team, uh, as a dynamic duo in the NBA. Uh, but all that, going circling back around to Damian Lillard being a rapper, he released a song, <laughs> it's funny, hours after the trade called Farewell. And uh, he, uh, <laughs> which is sort of funny because he either, which if he did this is crazy, he either recorded that song after the trade news broke and got it mixed and mastered very quickly and put it out, or he already had it in the bag knowing he was getting traded. He had it in his like rap vault and released it after the trade came out publicly. And I think that's actually what happened. If I imagine, he probably recorded this a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, a couple months ago. And, uh, you know, in preparation, knowing that he was going to get traded and was just waiting for the day that, that the trade happened. But uh, in the song, he has a couple he has a couple of good lines. I think Dame's an excellent rapper. Um, but he has a couple... He has a couple of nice little bars in there that are honestly like straight shots at Portland, to be honest, and the fans. And overall, I think you should, uh, I think everyone should listen to the song. It's a good song if you like rap slash hip hop or whatever. I think it's a good song. It's a very powerful, not powerful, that's not the right way to put it. It's a very meaningful song if you're a Damian Lillard fan because it's sort of sad knowing what he's gone through and knowing that he wanted to stay loyal. But knowing also that he, you go to the NBA to become a NBA champion, and they just refuse to ever help him get to that level of his career. Um, but he, a couple of lines from the song were, "I can uh, let's see here, I could never be replaced. They'll know that sooner than later." Sort of taking shots at the fact that they drafted uh, Scoot Henderson, another point guard, um, instead of trying to find somebody in the draft that could honestly help Dame. Uh, just know that what I left, uh, what I left behind is better than what he inherited. Um, sort of taking shots at the organization, not taking shots, but sort of talking to the organization and the fans saying that, you know, I was handed a sort of a shit deal when I got to this team, when I was a, you know, a young man and what I'm leaving behind is much better than what he got. And, uh, I like this line a lot. He said, uh, I'm going to continue leaving trails. It just won't be for the Blazers playing off that Portland Trail Blazers thing. Those are just a couple of them. But overall, it's a good song. Um, and there's other little subtle jabs at the Trail Blazers and stuff. And I think he ends the song with, uh, to all the fans, I hope one day that we'll greet with hugs and kisses. Uh, but you got to know this decision was made uh, not off like a greed or whatever. Uh, because the organization chose a different mission, sort of saying like they, they chose to go a different route than than me, and this is just happens to be a repercussion of it. And uh, we'll see. I think the Bucks are the favorite to win the championship. I think that's a pretty clear-cut, dry thing. I think whatever team Damian Lillard ended up on was going to be a, a, a title favorite. But they do have some stiff competition in Boston. Boston's a good young team with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, they acquired Kristaps Porzingis as well. And going over over to the West, uh, the Lakers with LeBron, you can never count them out. The Suns are either going to be fantastic 
or they're going to be a dumpster fire with all that offensive powerhouse, that offensive power they have. Can't count out Stephen Clay, Draymond, who added Chris Paul. Uh, there's a uh, the Nuggets obviously are a heavy favorite, you know, to be champions again after their title run this year or pre the previous season. It was just a crazy it was a crazy day in the NBA. Um, what else we got? What else we got? But huh? UFC fights. I'm gonna cover some UFC fights and some boxing, and then I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going on to UFC, nothing too crazy has been going on in the UFC uh, recently. October twenty first, uh, UFC two ninety four. Uh, the next three big UFCs, which would be 294, 295, and 296, are all amazing. And I'm going to buy each and every pay-per-view, and I'm going to watch all of them. So UFC 294, here in a couple weeks, I'm going through the fights right now. Nothing crazy on the prelims, um, but uh, even on the main card, to be honest, the first two fights on the main card aren't even that crazy. But you got... Starting with the third match of the night, Johnny Walker and uh, Magomed Anklev. Anklev. It's a good fight. I like Johnny Walker. He's sort of been on a decline, but uh, that'll be a good fight. But the main two fights, Paulo Costa and Hazmat Shemaev. Hazmat Shemaev being undefeated, going up to middleweight from 170. Paulo Costa... um, was sort of like this crazy powerhouse who was supposed to sort of take over the reins at middleweight, and then he got beat by Izzy, and uh, sort of hadn't been the same since. All that being said, though, Paulo Costa is 14-2. and Hazmat Chimaev is 12-0. and Chimaev is the favorite in that fight, and I'm taking him in that fight, and I think he gets it done really early. He's been off for quite a while. I imagine he'll want to make a statement. He's a big personality guy. I think he'll want to make a statement. I think he gets Paulo Costa out of there really quick round one or early round two and then to the main event islam mahakshev being the cousin of habib and magomedov fighting charles Oliveira for the second time islam beat charles i believe a year ago maybe a little more islam beat charles Oliveira to take the light uh the lightweight belt so they're having the rematch islam's the favorite i'm taking islam again to be completely honest um he sort of got in there and made it look easy but that's for 294. UFC 295. It's a great, it's a great, great, great night of fights. Uh, you got Jessica Andrade versus McKin- uh, Mackenzie Dern. Uh, Jessica Andrade held the belt for a little bit. Uh, both Brazilian fighters. Mackenzie Dern's pretty good. She's 13 and three. She's the favorite in this fight. But I'm taking Jessica Andrade with a knockout. To be completely honest, I think she uh, think she sleeps her. And then, this is an interesting one, which uh, was just told, it was confirmed a couple days ago. Well, not the fight, but what the fight is. It's a uh, light heavyweight title fight between Yuri Prohoshka, who held, who had the belt uh, until he lost it to Glover Teixeira. And then Glover Teixeira retired. It was vacant. Jamal Hill won it. Jamal Hill is now injured. He had to vacate the belt. And Yuri Pahashka is fighting to get the belt back. But he's fighting Alex 
Pereira, who, if you don't know, was just at middleweight. He beat Israel Adesanya to take the belt. Then they rematched. Izzy got the belt back. Alex moved up to light heavyweight. He won his first light heavyweight fight a couple, uh, about a month and a half, two months ago. So it's sort of cool seeing him uh, get a title fight this early in his UFC career, but that's a super exciting fight. But I'm taking Alex Perea in that fight by knockout. I think early, like round one. And then the GOAT himself, John Jones, is defending his heavyweight title against the greatest heavyweight of all time, Stipe Miocic. Um, Stipe is 20 and 4. He's older, though. John Jones, obviously, undefeated. It's John Jones. Like, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing else to be said other than that. I'm taking John Jones by however he feels like winning that night. It could be knockout. It could be submission. It could be a five-round fight. Who knows? But I'm taking John Jones. And I'm taking John Jones easily. I think John Jones wins that fight super easy. And then the last UFC card of the year, UFC 296, December 16th, is a great, great great card they only have the the main card right now they don't have the prelims yet but even then to start off the to start off the card you got wonder boy coming back fighting uh shavkat rakamov 17 and 0 versus steven Wonderboy thompson i think steven Wonderboy Thompson's gonna lose which breaks my heart because i love watching him fight the karate kid i love watching him fight but i'm taking uh shavkat moving on to a fight that was just announced a couple days ago, which is a super, honestly, a super weird fight. Uh, Tony Ferguson's making his return. We all know if you're a UFC person how dominant Tony Ferguson was, and he's just been on a decline ever since he got beat by Justin Gaethje. I'm pretty sure he hasn't won a fight since then. He's um, older, fighting Patty Pimblin, Patty the Batty. He's making his return, but not at 145. He's fighting at lightweight. It's a super odd fight to make, but it's an exciting fight to make. So I'm super excited to watch that. I'm taking Patty Pimblett by, I don't want to say by knockout, because I sort of like Tony Ferguson, but I think it's going to be by knockout. Then you got Vicente Luque fighting the up-and-coming welterweight who just fought on the last UFC card, Ian Gary. 13-0 Ian Gary, probably going to beat the dog shit out of Vicente Luque to be completely honest but that's neither here or there then you have Alexander uh oh sorry you have Brandon Royval fighting um Alex Ray Pantoja for the uh flyweight belt Eh, like I'm not too I don't watch flyweight fights that often I know that uh Alexander beat Brandon Morales, not Brandon Morales. Um, what's his name? Oh my gosh, what is his name? Brandon what? Brandon, what is his name? Oh my gosh, why is his name blanking on me? Oh my gosh, I'm going to lose it. I'm looking it up right now. Brandon Moreno, I'm an idiot i'm an idiot brandon royval versus alexander pantoja alexander pantoja beat 
he beat Brandon Moreno to take the flyweight title from him. So he's defending his his belt against Brandon Royval. I'm taking Alexander in that fight. Um, I think it's a five-round fight, though. Probably a split decision. And then the big one. I can't wait for this fight. Leon Edwards versus Colby Covington. Colby Covington, even though he's a piece of shit, he can fight his ass off. And to be completely honest, I think he beats Leon Edwards. I really do. I don't believe in Leon Edwards like that. I think... I don't want to say he got lucky, but... I just don't see him beating. I just don't see him him beating Colby Covington. I just truly don't. It's not a knock on Leon Edwards. I just think I just think that Colby Covington is actually just a different breed of fighter. So that fight, I'm taking Colby Covington in that fight for sure. And then, um, other than that, obviously the next big boxing card isn't even true boxers. It's the Misfits Prime card with Logan Paul and Dylan Dennis and KSI versus Tommy Fury. Um, can't wait for that fight. I'm not really going to give any predictions. I might do that next week, next Friday's episode. Cause then the, uh, the fight will be one week after that. So, uh, or maybe I think the fight's on a Saturday. I'm pretty sure October 14th is the date. Is that a Saturday? It is. So it's going to be two weeks actually until I do my predictions on that because then the very next day I'll be able to watch the fight. So but yeah, October 14th, Logan Paul makes his boxing return against Dylan Danis. KSI fights Tommy Fury. So uh, there's that. But with all that being said, uh, congratulations, Damian Lillard, because I think you just got yourself a championship ring. Uh, thank you again to the supporters of the show who have been buying merch. Keep buying it. Um, I'm trying to sell out of the stuff. It's been taking, It's been taking control of my house for months now because i've had it for quite a while i've just been waiting for the right time to release it go to nympshop.com to buy it use discount codes to get 10 percent, 15 percent off uh check out the instagram i film aaron check out the tiktok nymp aaron just do all of it so with that being said though we'll see you all on tuesday have a good weekend and uh yeah Stay blessed.